we are going to pray today. God's people should pray, and um, I think sometimes we get so caught up in getting out of here early or getting here out, well, early, that's kind of relative here, isn't it? But uh, we kind of get, get caught up in like, well, this is how the service should go. And so today, uh, we just started this last year, and we've done it uh, once I think in mid-year sometime. Um, we're going to have really a, a larger emphasis on prayer today. Um, Hoyt opened and read John 17. If you want to open your Bibles there, <clears throat> we are going to look at that as well. Um, not in its entirety. This is not meant to be a exegetical study of John 17. It's meant to be a, a prayer prompt from John 17. Um, it's it's a new year, right? Happy New Year! And and as I thought about like God, what what are we going to pray? How are we going to do this? God just brought to mind this high priestly prayer of Jesus, and and I think it was because this is towards the, this is the end of Jesus' ministry, right? He's about to ascend to heaven to the Father. He knows he's leaving the disciples behind. And, and so what, what is that? It's a, it's a transition, isn't it? There's, a, there's something new happening. He's going to a new location. We are going to be left with the Holy Spirit uh, to guide us, and it's going to be a new relationship and a new, a new way to live um, in, in obedience to Christ and for Christ. So what does that look like, and what, did, what was Jesus' priority in prayer? So today, the sermon title is The Prayer Focus of Jesus, and, and we're going to learn some things about what was Jesus' focus on in this high priestly prayer, and how can that relate to you and I as we enter this new year? Um, I, you know, all the time we always say, "Oh, it's a happy new year." We new New Year's resolution. You know, after Christmas we're gonna exercise more. After Christmas, I'm gonna read my Bible. Or after Christmas, I won't be so mean to people anymore. After Christmas, I'll really learn how to use my turn signal. Wh- whatever it might be, right? Please do that one. No, but like we have New Year's resolution. Great, do that or don't. But what we should be the emphasis we should have is what is Christ asking of us? What is what? What should our hearts and our focus of our hearts be? this new year. Maybe it wasn't last year, or maybe how can it be better than it was last year? So we're going to look at uh, four different areas um, today regarding the prayer focus of Christ. Um, I, I want to say this, because we aren't having a children's church, right? All the kids are here. Children, look at me. Hello, children. Good to see you. Wave. Your, uh, no, Mike. Okay, there's some children there. There's some children. Okay, here's your task. Unless your parents are having you take copious notes of the sermon, which, I mean, why wouldn't you? But unless they're doing that, here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to, to take a doodle sheet out, or I saw some handy-dandy little pads of some, probably a Christmas present or something pretty cool. Um, I want you to draw a picture for me. So children, I want you to be drawing a picture as I, as I speak uh, until I get to the children's corner. Uh, and the, the picture can be first this. Draw things that show how great God is. Draw things that show how great God is. Okay, and so be thinking about that. What makes God so great? What makes God so big and so grand? Uh, and then, then I want you to draw uh, some things that that show how, what, the joy that God brings you. Like, what are some things that 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 God does to bring joy? Okay, so that parents, you can kind of track with your kids during that time, and they can draw. And then um, we'll have a children's corner in a little while. So for the rest of the parents, you can take your sermon notes out, and you can take copious notes like you always do, right? Um, we are going to have a time of prayer after each each point, and uh, I want you to know like that that's congregational prayer. I, I have actually uh, asked some people to pray out loud, um, and it, just because I didn't ask you to pray out loud doesn't mean you can't pray out loud. All right, but but I wanted to have at least some people praying out loud. Now, certainly, we should be praying silently at least, but uh, during those prayer times, if if you're not you know stepping over somebody else, I would encourage you to pray uh, in the in the focus of where we're going to be during that point. Um, together, pray as the body of Christ, and uh, let's let God lead that time together, all right? So we are going to go through uh, a little bit of John 17, uh, just kind of hitting some highlights of what Christ's focus is. I'm going to pray for us, and then we'll get, we'll get to work, all right? Let's pray. 
Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for this new year. And God, all the joy that it's going to bring and all the hardship it might even, even bring that we might face. But God, we know that you are good. And so God, as we, as we look to, the, to ways that we have seen you pray, may we uh, model that in our own lives. May we let that affect us and change us. God, may our, may our hope and our joy be complete in Christ. God, that's, that's the goal. And then God, for us, for us to do that, we have to decrease and you have to increase. So God, help us to look at that today and look at our own hearts and our own lives uh, and make that a priority, God, with, with all of the things going on in our lives and all the things that we make uh, a priority. God, I, I pray that you would help us to readjust, God, to reassess, and God, recommit to you. We thank you. We offer this time to you, and we pray in Jesus' name. I would offer, uh, mention one more thing. I thought about this, about my sabbatical uh, while I was sitting there. Um, some would say, like, well, you know, I don't know, six weeks. He's, he's probably praying about whether he should come back or not. That is absolutely not, I mean, I pray that every day. God, should I come back? But um, no, I, there's nothing in me that, that has made me more fulfilled or happy or there's no other calling in me that says I should be somewhere else than right where I am here. And I, I love this church and I, I pray that I get to be back more passionate, more uh, bold, more loving uh, for this church family. And I made a comment to my mom. I said, mom, you know, I love Montana and I, I've always longed, I've always hinted at I want to go back. I want to live there. I said, you moving here doesn't make that very easy. It's like it's the, the concrete blocks on my feet in California stay. And so, you know what? I, I, my mom's moving here. I'm, I'm here, guys. I'm here, all right? So that should not be a question of whether or not I'm considering, even, even considering um, leaving, I answer God's call, and uh, it would have to be a lightning bolt from God for me to, uh, to even think about wanting to be somewhere else, okay? All right, well, let's look at our, our focus here in John 17. As uh, the prayer focus of Jesus, the first part we see uh, that I think is really important is the glory of God. So as, as the children are drawing pictures about what makes God great or grand, we talk about the glory of God. So if you look at, look at verse 1 with me, uh, B, the, the second part of the verse, through 4, he prays his Father, the hour has come. The hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you, since you gave him authority over all people so that he may give eternal life to everyone that you have given him. So very important here that the glory of God and eternal life are, are in view, and they're connected. And then you go on further in verse 3. He says, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and the one you have sent, Jesus Christ. And so knowing, knowing God and Jesus are very important to eternal life, right? And he says, this is how it's accomplished. Verse, verse 4, I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work you gave me to do. See, the glory of God is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. It is God in the flesh. This is not, uh, and we talk about the glory of God. We are saying this is, this is God that is elevated above anything else. God of all gods. And when we talk about wanting, wanting to pursue the glory of God, that should be our focus as well. In all aspects of our life, that he would get the credit, that he would be seen as the glorious one. We easily, easily more easily than you think, we, we more easily than you, you and I think, put other things in the place of God. We give other things the glory that they should not have in our lives and in the position that they should not have in our lives. And when we do that, people see that, and what happens is God decreases. Right? And does God ever decrease? No. But we, we make him decrease, right? Because we veil who he really is. I want to talk about this word glorify, the idea of glorify, what that means. And I mentioned this before, but if you think about the idea of, of magnify, right? we think about taking a, a, a little... Um, piece of glass with a little you know amoeba on it and we, what do we do we put it underneath a microscope right and what does that microscope do 
It magnifies, right? It blows it up like five million times, not quite, but and you see these little tiny specks within the, the amoeba, right? Are you really seeing it for what it is, though? You're seeing part of it, right? You see, you magnify a part of that cell or a part of the complexity of the structure that's there. So you're really blowing it up so far, you can't really see it for what it is. That's not what glorify means. Glorify is like the Hubble telescope, right? You and I look with our naked eye into the beautiful vast, uh, vastness of space, and we see a cluster of stars, or we see a star, or, and we don't even know what it is, it's just, it's just a star, and it's pretty. Or sometimes on a very clear night, away from the city, away from lights, you can actually see the beauty of the Milky Way and some of the colors that go on with that, right? That's, that's beautiful. But what does the Hubble Space Telescope do? When we see what a picture comes back, right, it sends back, we are actually seeing what is actually there. Like with our naked eye, oh, it's a star cluster. And when we have the Hubble Space Telescope, it blows it up, not magnifies it so we can only see a part of it, but blows it up so that you see the grandeur of the, of the, the Milky Way or a, a grandeur of a nebula or the grandeur of, of one image with like, with like hundreds of solar systems in it, right? We're seeing it for what it really is. So we, when you and I are called to glorify God, we are called to show him for who he really is, which means you and I can't just show aspects of God, like, oh, let me magnify this one little aspect of God which maybe we do in conversation at times, but we want to see the totality of who God is. We want, to, we want to show more of him. And how do we do that? We get out of the way. We get out of the way. I want it to be about the glory of God. I want it to be about people knowing God and the one he sent, Jesus Christ. And if things in my life start getting in the way, I start to kind of cloud uh, or, or fog up that, that lens. So people can't quite clearly see who God is or how amazing he is. He's still amazing, but I'm kind of, with my life, fogging over the lens. And that's not what I want to do. I want that lens to be crystal clear. So my life should be like the Windex and a rag to that lens so people can see God and the one he sent, Jesus Christ. And, and what do we see there? He says, um, I've glorified you on earth by completing the work you have done. See, he completed the work by becoming a sin offering for us so we would have, through faith in Christ, we would have eternal life that we would have eternal life. And that, that's the work he completed. And, and in completing that work, he glorified God. And, and that eternal life was to know God. That's how we glorify God and the one he sent, Jesus Christ, to see them for who they really are. If, if you and I just see him as a spiritual guru or live like he's that, maybe you see him as the Savior, but you live like he's a guru, what is the world around you going to think he is? A guru. Right? If he's not your Savior, if he's not your Lord, if he's not the one you obey, People are going to notice that and see that. So the question is, how are you and I glorifying God? The prayer focus of Christ was that I want God, you to be glorified. 1 Peter 1.18 says this, and through 21, you know, this is about the work of God, you know that you and I were redeemed from our empty way of life, inherited from your ancestors. We had an empty way of life, right? And that was glorifying everything else but God. And how are, we, how are we redeemed? Not with perishable things like silver or gold. Like these are things that we would say are glorified. Like we want to glorify this. I saw a video about someone taking brass and just polishing and polishing and polishing this, this chunk of raw brass into something beautiful. It was, a, it was just a splendor to behold. It doesn't compare, right? We aren't redeemed with precious metals, silver or gold, but with what? The precious blood of Christ. Like, like that of an unblemished land and, and spotless lamb. He was foreknown before the foundations of the world, but revealed to us in the last times 
Through him you believe in God who raised him from the dead and gave him glory. Gave him glory, right? Well, let's, let's review what that glory was. Um, not, not perishable things like silver and gold, but precious blood that he shed for us, an atoning blood that he gave us, that's glory. Uh, what else? It was, he was unblemished. He was sinless, so he could be an atonement for us. He was foreknown before the foundations of the world. This was not a, a, a plan set in, in motion late in time saying, oh, maybe we'll try this. Before the foundations of the world, God knew that there would have to be redemption for you and I. And Jesus was the answer. That's, that's glory of God. Uh, what else we see? We see him that he was raised from the dead. That's the glory of God. That's the power of God. And what does this glory do? He says, God gave him glory so that. I love those parts in the Bible that say so that. It helps us understand why it's there. Why was glory given to him? So that your faith and your hope are in God. Churches, I want to ask you that. Is your faith, is your hope in God? Is your joy coming from God? Or is it coming from other things that you have put in God's place? We have to take those off their throne and we have to enthrone Christ where he belongs, magnify God, glorify God, show him for who he really is on the throne of our lives and in the throne of our hearts and, and that'll transfer into the world around us. God gave him glory so that our faith and hope are in God. That's, that's real. That's real hope. And, and if you've lacked that this, in 2022, guess what? It's a new year. It's a new year, and it's a time to make a new, a new covenant with God, a new commitment to say, I'm, I'm going to decrease, God, and you're going to increase. Now, right now, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And, uh, and I know there's, we're videoing this too, so if you're watching later on or listening, there's going to be a few seconds of silence for you. Pray. But, but for those of us in this room, we're going to pray, and I want to pray that God's glory is revealed, that, that we would do whatever it takes to glorify God, to point people to God, to clearly show who God is, and not veiled, and not cloudy, not foggy, not getting in the way but decreasing into a point where we could say, look how, how awesome God is. Um, I told you I've asked some people to, to pray. For those that, that I, I've asked and you've agreed, you, this is the yellow card time, right? We're in the yellow card. Um, and for those of you who don't have a yellow card, you can still pray as well. And you can pray out loud. And, and we'll, we'll, I'll just feel it out as it goes. And when we, uh, when we prayed sufficiently, I'll, I'll close this section and we'll move on. Is that fair? Right. Let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Your grace and God, we know that that you do get the glory when, when you have victory in these areas, God, and we have victories in, the, in these areas. But God, we also know that you're glorified uh, whether or not there is victory, whether or not there is healing, whether or not there is reconciliation, God, we know that you can still be glorified. And God, I, I pray for all of these prayer requests. God, the ones that uh, are dealing with physical health right now, God, physical body aches and uh, chronic pain, God, or, or illness, God, I, I just pray that you would, you would be there. You'd be touching their body, God. You would be helping them uh, come to the, come to fullness in their body and and give, get strength back, Lord. I, I pray for those who are suffering with mental illness, God, and and uh, struggling in, in with the mind. God, that, that through your word, God, through uh, proper counsel, God, they would be able to come uh, and through your Spirit that they would come to that place again of of healing, God, and, and clarity of spirit and clarity of mind, God. That you you are powerful and can do that, God. For those who are struggling and suffering with with illness or cancers, God, we've heard several of those, God. I. I know that those are, those are just huge struggles, and God, especially the reoccurrences that we've, we've talked about today, God, I pray that you would be in the middle of all of those, God, that you would, um, you would be healing, you'd be touching bodies, you would be, uh, God, at the same time, drawing people, as David asked, God, drawing people to, to you through these things. God, these are uh, opportunities in our lives, God, that uh, through hardship and struggle and strife and these life circumstances, God, that, 
that we can, we can look at and, and say, woe is me, or we can look at it and say, how great you are. And God, that only when we are less, may you increase. So God, I pray that through all of these circumstances in life, through our hardships, through our difficulties, with our communication, with our irritability, God, with whatever it might be, that those, those things would remind us of who we are in Christ. We, we'd be reminded of who you are. And God, we would, we would desire to be more like you. We would desire to, to, to behave in a, in a courageous but compassionate way, in a, in a bold way for the gospel, God, in a, in a bold way through prayer. God, we pray for those uh, family members or friends who we have that are, have strayed from the faith, God, who have, who have walked away from their relationship with Christ, who have desired and turned to um, other things that are, that are insufficient and inadequate and will never be uh, able to provide the hope and the joy that faith in Christ does. So we pray that you would, you would convict them. God, you would help them understand the despair that is, is caused through that pursuit. And God, they would come to their senses and they would come see Christ as the greatest treasure, treasure better than wealth or money or things or um, God, inappropriate relationships. It's, it's you that is the greatest treasure. So we pray for that. We, we lift these prayer requests up to you knowing, God, that you, you're going to get the glory. You're going to get all the credit. And, and God, we know that you will glorify yourself. So God, we do ask that as, as you intercede and intervene and, and as you respond to these prayer requests over these things, God, whether they're, they're for our healing or, or for not, God, but whether, whatever it is in your will, that you would draw us close to you in faith, that our hope would increase, that our joy would increase, God, that, and the glory of God would be seen through our circumstances, through our life. We trust you in the good times. We trust you in the bad times. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks, you guys. So let's, let's move on to number two. Uh, a prayer focus of Jesus, number two, was this, that, that we would experience joy in unity. That we would experience, experience joy in unity. So kids, hopefully you're drawing your pictures. You've seen about how great God is. And, and now as we experience uh, the joy of unity, I want you to draw pictures of how God brings you joy. What, what are some things that God has given you that has make, it makes you smile? Maybe grab another doodle sheet, right? And write, what are some things that God has made and, and brought you that makes you smile? For the rest of us, in John chapter 17, we're going to look at verses 11 through 13. Jesus prays, he says to the Father, he says, I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world. I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I was protecting them by your name that you had given me. I guarded them and not one of them is lost except the son of destruction, so the scriptures might be fulfilled. So we'll stop there for a minute. We'll get 13 in a second. But, but Jesus is praying. He's like, I know I'm going to the Father. I'm leaving. I was protecting them and securing them. In, in Christ, there is a great security that we have. He is holding on to us. He is guarding us. He's protecting us. And, and that protection is not just for our soul, but protection for the unity that we share. And his desire is that they would be one. And he goes to the Father knowing that that, that, that relationship he had before the foundation of the world is coming back to fruition again. That he gets to go be side by side with the Father and the Spirit and that community, that fellowship that they had, that protection uh, that, that, was, that was with them be, before the foundation of the world will be there again. But he, he knows what that's like. He knows the joy that comes in that unity. He knows the joy that comes in that fellowship. He knows the joy that comes in that protection and that power. And he wants us to have it too. He says, I want them to be one. I want them to be united and in the gospel and united in you and your name and united in fellowship and protect and, and, and united that, that, that I'm that God through Christ is the one protecting us. He wants us to have that in verse 13. He says, I'm, I'm coming to you and I speak these things in, uh, in the world so that they may 
have my joy completed in them. What does unity bring? It brings joy. I mean, it just and we think like, oh yeah, if we're if we're united, we're gonna have joy. We think, how is that possible? It's really, really simple. When you aren't united with someone, when you're divided, is there joy? No, there's not. And and we're called to be brothers and sisters. We're called to be the body of Christ. So we are to unite around something. We're to unite around someone, and that is Jesus Christ. And especially if we can decrease and make it about the glory of God, that's what we ought to to do. And so we see that in uh, in the fellowship uh, that Paul encourages out of Philippians. He says this. He says, if you have any encouragement in Christ... So these are the things that we're uniting around. This is what spurs are uniting, right? If we have any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, like these are things that we should have because we have faith in Christ, that we are in Christ, right? We should have this this encouragement from from Christ because he's given himself for us. He's he's sacrificed himself for us. If we have uh, any any love, if um, if we have any fellowship with the spirit like there's this deep rich rejoicing in the spirit of god as he leads us and guides us and transforms us any affection and mercy right this is what's produced by the fruit of the spirit we, we have affection for one another and we give each other grace and we give each other mercy he says if you have that stuff that's what you need to have that will unite he says then make my joy complete by thinking the same way being united having having the same love being united in spirit intent on one purpose that's unity so these are the things that that promote unity he says and you, when you do that, you're going to make, Paul says, you're going to make my joy complete. I'm going to, I'm going to have so much joy as you unite. And, and he knows that you and I, as we unite under these things, would also have joy. He says, uh, think, by thinking the same way, having the same love, being united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do you know what that takes, though? It takes a lot of humility. For you and I to come to the same terms and say, you know what, we need to be in the same purpose, the same mission. That means I need to let go of my own mission. I need to let go of my own agenda. I need to let go of my own preferences of what I like and how it should be done and, and stop bickering about that. He goes on, he says, don't do anything out of selfish ambition or conceit. That's tough. We, we read this over and over in the scripture like, oh yeah, don't be selfish. No, don't be selfish. Stop being selfish. Stop desiring your own way. Stop demanding your own way. Stop squabbling about little things that don't really matter. Don't make big things out of little stuff. Humble yourself. Paul says, in humility, consider others as more important than yourself. That's, that's how we unite. Is when I can look at you and say, how can I serve you? How can I love you? How, how can I support you? How can I point you to Jesus? What can I do to serve you? Right? Not the little things that, that divide. He goes on, he says, everyone should not only look to his own interest, but also the interest of others. That's, and he goes on, he says, our attitude should be the same as what? That of Christ Jesus, who humbled himself, became obedient to death, and God glorified, right? That's, that's the rest of Philippians 2. That's our example. Christ's humility, right? And, and, and the purpose was for the glory of God. And, and he says, and, and there's going to be joy involved when you unite that way. When you love and serve one another, one another there's going to be joy that comes and a joy that over, overflows with us. Humility lets us unite in common affections for Christ, and, and remain steadfast in our joy and in our purpose. So this is the second prayer time now. So we're on, on the pink cards, if you've got a pink card. Um, so we're going to pray. We're going we're gonna to pray uh, that we would be united, that we would, we would humble ourselves and we would unite uh, in Christ. We would unite in, in the love that he has for us and, and the love that we have for him. We would unite in the gospel 
those would be, and we would, we would lessen ourselves. We would get out of the way and, and humble ourselves. So this would be a time of prayer as we enter into this prayer. Let's pray that we, uh, that we would experience joy through our unity. Let's pray. God, we pray that you, you would help us to humble ourselves, humble our, our passions, our, our desires, our preferences. And God, we'd, we'd make them obedient to Christ. And we would desire to use those in a way that serves other people. And God, that that humility would lead to having the same love, that we'd be united in the Spirit of God, that we would be intent on one purpose, and that is serving one another under the glory of God. That you would be seen who you are. We would serve one another out of love for you, love for each other. Thank you, and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you guys are doing a good job. We're going to have our children's corner next. So if our children can come up to the front row here, the front pew, we're going to do that. And so come on up and take a break from your drawing and come on over. That back there. Go ahead and have a, uh, have a seat here, children. Come on over anywhere you want. Hi, Charlotte. Any other kids want to come up? June, you want to come up? No? Okay. It's all right. Um, I'm going to show you something, and you're, we're talking about prayer today, okay? And I want to show you this. What, what is this? It's a phone. You probably don't remember the days where this was actually attached to the wall via a cord, right? But this is the phone. Now, here's... Sorry, parents. <laughs> What, uh, what is this used for? Okay. Okay, raise your hand. We'll start here. Raise your hand. Wesley. Calling other people. Very good. That's the most basic use of a phone. What else is it used for? Checking the time. That's right. It can be used as a watch, right? It's 11.44. Sorry, we're going to get there. To text people, good. To send them a text message, good. What else? What's a phone? What what tools are on a phone? What? A picture thing. Okay, so let's let's talk about pictures first, right? You can take pictures and videos, kind of make memories. It helps us make memories. Okay, that's good, and remember things. And you can play video games. I think Arliss, you had said that earlier, or Mike, or someone. Yeah, they wanted to play games on their phone, right? Yes, Bailey. Have a flashlight on their phone. It's good for that to see. What are these little squares called? Yes. They're different apps, right? They are. They're different apps, right? And a lot of us have millions of them on our phone. But yeah. What, what are some other things? What other apps do, uh, do your parents use? Okay, they help you get to where you where or what you need to do. So 
So some of them are maps, right? There's a maps app on here. I could put an address in and say, go, it would take me there, right? So it gives me good directions. Good. And like in a car, Bailey. You can buy stuff on your phone, right? Use it to buy things and have Amazon send you a box with a smile on the side of it, right? It's wonderful, right? It's like two clicks away. I think the other thing that we talk about with uh, um, directions, um, what was it? What was the other thing you said? It's directions to where, oh, and what to do, right? I, I have reminders and a calendar on my phone. So I look at my schedule and I can go through my calendar and access what I'm doing that week, right? It helps me do that. I'll give you one more. That's okay. There's a lot of tools. So what I, what I wanted to show you this to you, and, and what you didn't say, you didn't throw your, throw your parents under the bus. I was proud of you for not saying like Instagram or Candy Crush or whatever that's called, right? There's a lot of different things, right? Facebook, right? It's called Candy Crush. Okay. Yes, Wesley. Oh, yeah. I have a cover with a car. It's a wallet. Yeah, it's my wallet. Right. So phones are very useful, right? Very good tools. So one of the things I, I want, we're talking about prayer today. And what I want to help you understand is kind of like a cell phone, you don't need a smartphone or a cell phone to talk to God. Did you know that? And you can just, you can just talk with him. And so the same, the prayer is similar to our smartphone. I, want to, I wrote down some things and you guys have said them too, but here's some things that you can do uh, with prayer. And when you pray to God, this is what you can use. These are, these are tools that prayer helps us uh, Helps us with. You could send messages, right? Can you send a message to God? Hey, you just talk to him. It doesn't have to be a text. You just say, God, here's a message I have for you, right? And you could say something to God. You could talk to God, right? The other thing is, too, when you, when you are on a phone, you can also hear somebody. Like, God, when we pray to God and we listen, God, God will answer us through his spirit, but God also answers us through his word as we read his Bible. So not only can we talk to God, but God likes to talk back to us, right? And we can hear him. Um, what about getting direction in life? When we pray, do you think we can ask God for directions? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we can ask God for directions. And God, how will you guide me? And what, what should I do? Or what, how, what should I say to this person? Or should I obey my mom and dad? Or should I not obey my mom and dad? Which, to which he'll say, you should probably obey, right? Right? Um, I think there's, there's apps and things on the phone that, that help us with safety too. Like maybe where we're going and, and how to get there. Or, or maybe a, a Fitbit thing, right? You can call the policeman, right? Right. If someone's sick or dead, yeah, someone got hurt or dead, yeah, you want to call, call the doctor? That's important to call the doctor if you're dead. Um, but it's for safety, right? We, we can call God, I, I, help me. I, I don't feel good or someone in my family is sick. We can, we can ask God to help with those things as well. Also provisions. We talked about buying things, right, from Amazon. You know you can shop on your phone, right? I think when you go to God, you can say, God, I need you to give me what I need for today. Help us help provide maybe uh, for our food and for our, our bed and for our house. God, help provide me with an, a good attitude with my family and, and friends, right? Um, I, I like, like the, we said memories and pictures, right? I think the, the neat thing about um, learning more about God when you read the Bible or get that taught in Sunday school is you'll start to see pictures, and you can remember God in those ways too. And, and God, God's going to bring, bring reminders to you about how good he is. Today, we're going to be celebrating the Lord's Supper. You see the table set up over here? And what that is, that's a remembrance for us. It's a reminder, a remembrance, a picture of what Jesus did for us when he died on the cross, right? The, the crackers is body and the, the juice is the, the blood that he shed for us. Uh, and then we, there's games. There's games on a cell phone, right? We talked about that. I mean, the, the adults did at least. 
And, uh, and the games, you know, those things maybe bring us a little joy. You know that Jesus brings you joy? And when you pray to Jesus and when you go, hold on, Isaac. Yes, it does. When you pray to Jesus and when you, when you ask him for things or you tell him what's going on in your life, you know that, that he gives you a joy and a happiness because we know that he's heard us and we can trust him with that. So I want to encourage you with that to, to think about that. Every time your parents pull out their smartphone, which is probably a lot, that you can pull out your smart prayer phone and just pray to Jesus, okay? Can I pray for you? You ready? Let's bow our heads and pray. Jesus, thank you so much for these children. I thank you that they're eager to know more about you. And God, I pray that they would, they would understand prayer a little bit more. They'd understand that it is a connection between them and God and that they can chat with him and talk with him and, and God, send him messages. And God, that they can listen through his spirit to, to respond and listen to the word as, they, as it teaches him, it teaches them, Lord. And God, that they can, they can know that you're going to provide for them and you're going to give them uh, security in Christ and God, hope in Christ and joy comes from you as well. So we thank you for that. Help them to offer themselves and all their needs to you through prayer. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, thanks, you guys. You can back to your seats, okay? Draw some more pictures. Thanks, bud. You drawn? You drew God. Good job. Keep going. All right. Let's, let's move on in our prayer time. You guys can keep drawing. The kids can draw. Uh, number three. What was the prayer focus of Jesus? That we would be sanctified by the word and sent into the world. You want to make a short version? Sanctified and sent. Sanctified and sent. John 17, beginning in verse 14. He says, I've given them your word, Jesus says. He's praying to the Father. I've given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I am praying that you, uh, I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world just as I am not of the world. And he goes into verse 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. Jesus understands. He's like, I've been in the world, I'm leaving, but they're staying. And I'm not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them in the world. And, and as, they, as they reveal the truth of God, he says, people are going to hate you and me. You're going to be hated. Listen, I think one of the biggest obstacles for you and I to sharing our faith, to living for Christ publicly everywhere we go, one of the biggest obstacles is fear. We don't want to look bad. We don't want to, we don't want to be confronted. We don't want people to say, how dare you do that? We, want, we like peace. We don't like confrontation. Right? The peace that we have, though, is not through passivity. The peace that we have was gained through the shed blood and the offered body of Jesus Christ on the cross. And if he went to the cross, if he offered himself for us, we can in turn offer our lives to him. Especially when he's praying for us. He says, God I'm, God, I'm not praying, Father, that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. You know that Jesus is praying for yours and my protection from the evil one? That, that, that's what he's interceding, that, that you and I would be protected. And he's given us the tools to do it through the word of God and through the church and through the spirit of God. He's given us those tools. We have to take advantage of those tools. We have to, we have to use them uh, for our benefit. He, he, says, he says, they are not of the world, just like I'm not of the world. He's reminding us, we're not of this world. We live in the world, but we're not of the world. And so what does he pray? He says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify. It means to set apart, to, to cause to look totally different. Again, something you and I do not like to do, because what, what does that do? That draws attention to us, doesn't it? When we look different, 
When we, when we go against the grain, when we're that rock in the middle of the river, everyone's like, get out of the way. And we say, okay, and we just float on. That's not what God is wanting us to do. God's wanting to sanctify us by the truth. And, and his, he says his word is truth, right? So in this new year, as we, as we look to honor God and to, to live lives that are, yeah, look like him, we have to, it's by this. It's not your truth. It's not his truth or her truth. It's not my truth. It's God's truth. We're, we're sanctified by God's word, not ours. Not our own ideas or ideals or not your political party's ideals. Those are nothing. This is everything. It's got to be by God's word. So if we're to sanctify ourselves, that's, that's where we really find unity as well, right through the truth of God's word. If we're to sanctify ourselves, it must be through the word of God. And that's what Jesus is praying for. God, I pray, sanctify them by the truth, your word. Your word is truth. How are we to be set apart? By God's word. Are you spending enough time there? Are you, are you looking for truth there? When, when, it comes to, when it comes to your marriages or your finances or, or how you should spend your time and prioritize, and by, we're all guilty of this. That we, we just do what we feel is you know, best to me. Rarely, right, do we go to the Word and say, God, what does your truth say? How should I be led there? And sometimes we do what is in line because we're led by the Holy Spirit, right? We're trying to be sensitive to the Spirit's leaning and, and the fruit He's producing in us. But man, we, you and I need to go to the Word. What, what is required of me right now? in the way I communicate with my family. God, how would you have me do that? By the way, we just went through a series called Watch Your Mouth, all about the Word of God and how we're sanctified in our speech. Very relevant. I know, I don't want to go back to it either. But we should. Because God's praying, Jesus is praying to the Father that we would be sanctified by the Word. His Word is truth. And then, listen, as we're sanctified, we're being set apart. And, and, and more and more today in this culture, it's getting harder and harder because the more sanctified we are becoming, the more drastic we of a contrast is seen between us and the world. Right? We can't just go with the flow anymore and the world kind of has the same moral compass we do. It doesn't happen anymore. Right? We, we are totally different. And when we're sanctified, we are. Trust me, you're going to be uncomfortable. It's like, oh, everyone's looking at me. Yes, they are. But, but here's why. He says, sanctify them by, your, by the truth. Your word is truth. And as, as you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. Our prayer focus should be that, God, you sanctify me, not that I look real different and all the attention is drawn to me, but yes, so that I can be sent into the world as someone that's different, as someone that's renewed, as someone has joy and hope and peace through the shed blood of Christ. You see, our sanctification, as you and I set ourselves apart and let God's word do that in us, our sanctification is a witness to the world about the legitimacy of Jesus Christ and the power of God's Spirit. And when people see a sanctified people, they cannot help but know something's up. Something's different. Something way more powerful than they could ever, ever give credit to is at work among God's people. That's what Jesus is asking for. He's like, God, make them so unique, so special, so different that the world can't help but see me. That the world can't help but see the power and grandeur and the glory of God. We should pray for that sanctification. Paul writes in Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, he says, flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness. This is the sanctification. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Reject foolish and ignorant disputes because you know they breed quarrels. So that's the sanctification part. What's the witness part? What's the scent? The Lord's servant must not quarrel, must be gentle to everyone, able to teach and patient, 
instructing his opponents with gentleness. So that we've set ourselves apart. Now we're giving instruction. We're giving witness to God and to his word. Why? Perhaps God will grant our audience, them, repentance, leading to the knowledge of the truth. Then they may come to their senses and escape the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. The entire world is captive, right? The, the, the unbelieving world is captive by Satan doing his will. And, and, we, and we don't want to be, you know, we, we don't want to upset that. Why not? Perhaps if we upset that, perhaps if we are sanctified and set ourselves apart for God's glory and his purposes, perhaps if we did that, perhaps God will grant them repentance leading to the knowledge of truth. Perhaps people will get saved and see that, that the way of life they have is not all it's cracked up to be. They would come to the knowledge of Christ. They would repent of their sin. They would turn to faith in Christ and be renewed. So we, we pray for that. So right, we're going to enter our third time of prayer now. This is our little green sheet. You have a green one. But we're going to enter this third time of prayer, and our prayer focus is that we would be sanctified and sent, that we, we would desire to be set apart and different, and we would desire to speak boldly the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we, we want to be sanctified and know that we're sent. And be obedient to that. So Lord, let your word sanctify us. God, let us hunger for your word to change us and transform us, to not live according to our own thoughts and pleasures and desires, but according to your word. And God, as we are different, that we would know we are sent into the world to proclaim the majesty and glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you. We pray that in Jesus' name. All right. See, Jesus... Pray for what's the, the prayer focus of Christ? Number four is that we would be witnesses to a world that He came to save, and that kind of goes on with what we just said. Uh, verses twenty through twenty-one in John seventeen, He says, "I pray not not only for these, meaning us, you and I, these His His own, but also for those who believe in Me through their word." Who's Jesus praying for? The lost. He's praying for the lost. And he's praying that we would use words to share the gospel with them, that they would come to faith and believe in Jesus Christ. So he says, I pray that not only for those, uh, the sheep, the, my, mine, but those who will believe uh, through their words. May they all be one. Again, the unity he prays for. As you, Father, uh, are in me, I am in you. May they also be in us, so the world will believe that you sent me. That, that's the, the crux of it, right? That the world would believe. The world would believe that, that what? That God sent Christ. And, and today, even as we uh, highlight this and we talk about um, the fact that God was, a, that Christ was, uh, he came to save us, that, that we, are, we are witnesses of that, uh, we, we do this in remembrance. We're going to partake in the Lord's Supper here briefly and, and in a few minutes. And that, that to us is a, is a testimony of what Christ has done. That's, that's a proclamation of the glory of God. It's a proclamation of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And we proclaim that and are called to remember that until the, until the Lord comes back. What is the message? That God loved the world in this way? That he sent his one and only son. That whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That's what we're witnesses of. We're witnesses of, of that message. That God came to save. That God came to seek and save the lost. To forgive sins. To atone for sin that we might be free and righteous in Christ about what God has done through Christ. And, and 
I'm not going to read the whole passage, but in 2 Corinthians, we see that Paul says, listen, we're, as we proclaim, as we become witnesses, we aren't proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord. We're not, we're not here to say, look how great I am. We're here to say, look how great Jesus is. Amen? He says that we have this treasure of Christ in us, and it's in a jar of clay. Like, you and I are jars of clay. He says, we have this treasure in jars of clay to know that this extraordinary power, which is from God, right, uh, and not from us. We are afflicted. You and I are afflicted, but what? Not crushed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not abandoned. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. And what does that do? It, it displays Christ's life, death, and resurrection in our body and in and through our life. He goes on, he says, everything indeed is for your benefit. Wait, persecution is and being abandoned and afflicted? Well, everything is for your benefit. He goes on, uh, so that as grace extends through more and more people, right? Those, those, that grace is that treasure. We're fragile jars of clay, but God's grace is what, what bolsters us and strengthens us. The treasure we have is what, what is, is, is important. He says, as that grace extends through more people, it may cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. This, this kind of comes full circle, doesn't it? It's again displaying the glory of God, the grandeur of God, the majesty of God, the treasure that is Christ. We have this treasure in us, feeble people. And he, and he talks about it, he says, we don't, so we don't focus anymore on what is seen, right? The, the physical, like, oh, this is in the way, or this is in the way, or this will make me feel this way. We don't focus on what is, what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. But we, our prayer should be that, God, I, I want to be a witness for you. I want to I show the world that, that I am weak, but you are strong. I want to show the world that while I was weak and unable to save myself, Christ came to save me. I want to remember that. I want to be reminded of that. And I want to remind the world of that. So do, as we go to the Lord in this last, last time of prayer, I, I want us to pray that way, that we would be bold witnesses telling the world how much Christ has done for us. All right, let's, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We, we pray for boldness. We pray for boldness not because we are great, but because of who we are in Christ and through what he has accomplished. He has made a way for us to be secure with God because of his righteousness and his atonement. So we thank you for that. May we be bold because of his accomplishment. God, we pray that as we uh, stop and pause to partake in the Lord's Supper, God, that it would be a reminder and a remembrance that spurs us on to bold obedience to you. God, this is a new year. It's a new day. And God, we know that your mercies are new every morning. So God, may we resolve to be more obedient to you, to give you glory, to let you set us apart from this world by your word and by your truth, that we'd be united because of joy. And God, we would be bold because you are a great God who has accomplished everything we need through your sacrifice, your death, through your resurrection. We give you all the glory. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand with me as we uh, begin to partake of the Lord's Supper in a, mo in a moment? Hey, kids, great job. You've done a great job of drawing and being on your very best behavior. Parents, way to go. I know that sometimes is a little bit uh, taxing, like, oh my goodness, my kid is talking. No big deal. It's, it's a family-friendly service. We're, we're grateful for that. Uh, and we are going to now partake in the Lord's Supper, and uh, we will do two songs at the end. Matt, where are you at? Instead of three. Um, thanks for hanging in. This has been a great service, a great opportunity for us to really pray.
and to think through um, what what our need is for Christ. And um, and we're going to partake in the Lord's Supper in a few minutes. Here's here's some uh, housekeeping instructions for that. As uh, as we do, um, you can come up the the center aisles and just they're going to play some quiet music and and just kind of get that in our heart and our mind and give us time to really think and reflect on what we've learned today, what we've heard today. Let 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 God do something in us that uh, that that reminds us of what he has accomplished, and it's not about us, it's all about him. Uh, so when you're ready, you can come down the center aisle, and I just, please make that a, a, a discipline of silence during that time, not chatting with your neighbor, and, and come on down, and uh, they're double cupped, right, our cracker and our juice, and just grab one of those double cups, and then head on down the outside wall there, and head back to your seat, and when everyone's been served, just hold on to that, and when everyone's been served, and we've sung that first song, uh, I'll come back up, and we will um, partake together in that. If you're not a believer, if you haven't trusted Christ as Savior, I would encourage you to watch, not, not to participate. This is not meaningful to you, except to see the symbolism that it is meaningful to us. And, uh, and that you would watch and not, not uh, feel a necessity to participate in this. Uh, maybe if you don't feel like you can come down and grab something, you can grab a neighbor and say, hey, would you grab me a cup and bring it back? They'd be happy to do that as well. So we'll, uh, we'll do that. Once you get back to your seat, we'll, we'll sing and finish that and partake together. Then we'll go out with a, a final song, okay? Let's go ahead and... Come on up.